You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Take 
listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. 
We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotel family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you had a chance to do all the things that you wanted to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do, hoping the weather was accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it wasn't, you got it done. There's no doubt about it. Ain't even a question, because that's who you are, and that's what you do. You get it done. A lot of love and respect for you for it. 
This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. And click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, and all times are going to give our Eastern times. From 8 to 9, Black Therapy Central. Black Therapy Central with Dr. Kamal Kamban and Dr. Maria Kamban and their daughter, Nataki Kamban. From 9 to 10, Conversation Reparations every first and third Mondays with Brother Jamoke and Sister Lacey, Conversation Reparations. Tuesday, Dr. Uh, William Rogers. From Tuesdays, from 8 to 10, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers. And then on Thursday, from 7 to 8, Black uh, Mississippi on the Move. I'm sorry. Mississippi on the Move from 7 to 8 on Thursdays, the Black Liberation Movement. Friday at 8 p.m. If it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern time, it is time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Saturday from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then on Sunday at 7 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Also, too, you can use this shortcut. That's right, whatever search engine you use, Firefox, whatever, Google, you know, just put the put it in the search engine. Time for an awakening. Excuse me. Put in babaoshi.net. B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I dot net. And there will once again be programs that are dated and titled for your edumentation or entertainment or education, whatever. <laughs> No, I'm not entertaining. At least I don't want to be entertaining. I want to be informative. I want to put something on your mind. I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to wake us up, brothers and sisters. I'm trying to get us to understand, you know, what we've been warred upon, and and the bottom line is we must come together. Pan Africanism or perish, unify or die. That's it. There is no other alternative. There is no other so-called solution. That's what we must do. Ah, yes. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses, webuyblack.com. Brothers and sisters, get everything you need from American African-owned businesses from webuyblack.com. Products that are produced by us. WeBuyBlack.com Africa for the Africans. Brother Babani Tahimba is getting ready to go. Uh, tomorrow's November. Then 16 days, 17th, November 17th, 16 days from tomorrow. They're going to Tanzania. $4,000. November 17th through the 28th of this year, $4,000. Tanzania, 
December 24th of this year to January 5th of next year, 2023, $4,000 Ghana. March 30th to December 10th, 2023, $4,000. Senegal and Gambia. May 24th to June 5th, 2023, $4,000. Once again, Ghana. July 20th to July 30th, 2023, $4,200, Rwanda. November 16th to November 27th of 2023, $4,000, Tanzania. December 24th, 2023 to January 4th, 2024, $4,200, South Africa, Azenia. The right name. It's like I do Tanzania, Azenia, which is the name of South Africa. And then March 29th to April 9th, 2024, $3,800, Liberia. These uh, tours, you can check out. Go to the website, AfricaForTheAfricans.org. Everything you need is there. You can uh, purchase land, you can invest. You can repatriate all of these things, all the information about the what you need for documentation to go. Everything is right. I, you know, I got it off the website, and I didn't take one of these tours because, you know, it's the information is there. It's, it's applicable to whatever you do if you're going to go to Africa. So, Africa for the Africans. dot org. And if you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to Facebook. dot com. Forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Africa for the Africans.org. Give Brother Bomani a call at 404 931 9429. That's 404 931 9429. Habashaw. Habashaw stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. Um, they haven't updated the website from the um, the Kashi in Africa in Ghana. They got some nice pictures though from from before. But the four programs, well, the many programs that um, Habasha are involved in is, of course, agricultural in nature. Habasha works Black to Our Roots, Golden Growers, Urban uh, Sustainable Seeds, Urban Green Jobs, and so forth. And just, just beautiful work that brothers and sisters with Havashaw Incorporated does and what they've did and what they've done in Ghana is just simply beautiful. So check it out. Havashaw Incorporated.org. The Ledge Group, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics, the Ledge Group of the Peter Brown. And of course, the Ledge Group works in the four areas of human existence that are vital to human existence, which is food, water, clothing, and shelter. And they're in 12 projects, there's 12 projects in six African countries, 172 employed and over 600 members, over 170 employed and over 600, 200, wow, and over 260 members. <laughs> Become a member of the Ledge Group, brothers and sisters. In fact, if you are a member of the Ledge Group and you want to, want to buy land, you can buy land in Tanzania for $250 an acre. Check that out. The Ledge Group. Land for the environmental development for group economics. Ledge Group. 
A B B A to me. A B I B I T U M I. A B B A to me. Brothers and sisters, go to a B B A to me. Dot com and make it a favorite. They have all kinds of things on the website. Um, I have to say this. Sometimes, you know, it takes a while to pop up. It's coming out of Africa. It's coming out of Ghana. Bibi Atumi is dedicated to the complete and total liberation of the African people and modern Kemet, land of the blacks. From under Dominic, and they want to, to, to make sure that throughout the African world, from under domination of Eurasians and their and their anti-African, anti-black collaborators, has such a Atumi seeks to reclaim and recreate systems and tools designed by African people for the benefit of African people in the interest of complete and total African liberation, self-preservation, determination and liberation and sovereignty and survival in each and every area of human activity. Yes, BB to me. Okay, you froze on me. <laughs> it froze up on me. I can't move it. Well, you got you get the gist. Oh, here it is. Okay. BB to me is about continuing the work of our ancestors by restoring my art. By restoring my art. That's what Baba when Baba said that last week, he was so on point. The reason why the European and everything that these folks have done and messed this damn planet up is because they don't have balance. They don't have balance. They're, they're, they're all about excess and greed and corruption. They don't have balance. More and more. Oh, he was on point with that. I love that. Thank you, Baba. African liberation is about freedom to learn, be who we are, our ancestors, and freedom from being who we are not is inculcated by our oppressor. Yes. As Kemet, as Kemet knew, we have a commitment to the survival and advancement and maximization and the fullest manifestation of Kemet knew the potential of the Kemet, Kemet new world. We are committed to creating and maintaining the space that will permit us to develop the necessary skills, motivation, and drive to create the necessary focus, individual and collective, to reconstruct the Kemet personality and the African world toward the Kemet survival thrust. Social organizations refer to the interactive uniting of a number of persons into a group who through the structure used of their aggregated resources act to achieve group purpose and goals. Nana. Amos Wilson, blueprint for black power. It sure is. Smile Pharmacy. Brothers and sisters, give Brother Jabril a call at 731-327-6229. That's 731-327-6229. Smile Pharmacy. Brothers and sisters, if you want to begin this so-called holiday season by being more healthy, not a lot of pain, not a lot of all those kinds of things, give Brother Jabril a call at 731-327-6229. Or if you want to you want to drop him an email, go to smyfarmacy at gmail. Smyfarmacy at gmail. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. Smyfarmacy. 
Brother Moses West Foundation. Go to Brother Moses West. Go to MosesWestFoundation.org. And, of course, if you want to read about the uh, Jackson Water Rescue Mission and what's happening and the contributions made, it's, man, I tell you, every time I go to it, it changes. So it updates all the time in its quest to raise 300000 It is at 51000 as of and the, um, the date is uh, the 30th of August it started. The 30th of August it started. But brothers and sisters, don't delay. Make your contribution. Go to the Moses West Foundation. It's right there on there. Just go through there. You know, hit that donate button. Donate now. Okay, let's help each other out. I mean, you know, he's on TikTok. I don't know if you're on TikTok. But if you are on TikTok, he's on TikTok. He's doing demonstrations in Jackson. So I got to give him a call because a friend of mine, my good friend Mary, Mary Felder, wants to do something. She wants to meet him since he's in Jackson. She's in Mississippi. And um, it'd be cool to go over there. And I want to go to Jackson to see my my partner's grandson play ball. He's at Jackson State. Yep. Take my grandson with me. Yeah, that would be cool. I know. All right. All right. Brothers and sisters. All right. Well, Dada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar located in the West End here in Atlanta. I'm Ralph Gabriel Abernathy. Across the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. No, it's across the street from Soul Vegetarian. Down the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. Healthy smoothie and fruit drinks and all kinds of pastries and health foods. Uh, um, Supplements and vitamins are available on Saturday and Sunday. Vegan dishes are prepared for sale on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located at uh, Ralph David Abernathy at 878 Ralph David Abernathy. Give them a call at 404-444-1635. 404-444-1635. Wadada's. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, Mama Nia. My good sister, I know the Kwanzaa's coming up, the gifts are coming up, so hopefully she's busy because she has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, T-shirts, figurines, and all kinds of gift certificates and more at the Mendu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Give her a call at 404-346-3263, 404-346-3263, the Mendu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. Located in Lithonia, right off of I-20, going east. Go I-20 east and exit 74 and go left, north. That would be north. And uh, just a few blocks and there will be the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. Give my good brother, brother, Gazinde Ajamu a call at 770 770-305-6373. There is light in the black dot. The next exit, further east, the next exit, exit 75, Turner Hill Road, you can go to the new Black Wall Street Market. Exit 75, Turner Hill Road, go to three lights. On the third light, make a right. On the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. Hopefully this year they will do some great things and for the holiday season for those who participate and get a lot of stuff from those brothers and sisters that are there who spend money to, to have that space, make sure you help them out so they can keep that space. Us Lifting Us, 
the economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa, us lifting us every Thursday night, the Thursday night broadcast from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash U-L-U. If you want to call to listen or call for questions, comments, or concerns, dial 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us, lifting us. The Homeland Village. Homeland Village. They're not open today. They're open from Tuesday through Sunday. Tuesday through Sunday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Located 2910 Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia. Give my good brother, Brother Abija, a call at 478-256-1166. That's 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. All right. Sun Goddess Sense. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located 4140 Jonesboro Road at Forest Park, Georgia. Inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. For more information, contact my good sister, Shelly Amonset at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located in the International Discount Mall, booth 225. <laughs> okay, Oshi. Sunday, uh, Haiti. We're going to talk about Haiti today. And uh, of course, the good work that Sister Gabby Yella Aurelia is doing in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. I'm not sure how close it is to the Dominican Republic, Haiti border, which the Dominican Republic is planning to build a wall. It's a long ass border. Build a wall. Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. Yeah, that's, that's, that's their plan. They want to build a wall. The Dominican. Occupant Institute. Occupant Institute. Uh, I'm a Mama Yah and Baba Baruti, educating our young warriors. If you want to make a check out to Occupant Institute, send it to P.O. Box 10786, Atlanta, Georgia, 30310. If you want to use PayPal, Yah Baruti at yahoo.com. If you want to use Cash App, Yah, the letter M, Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I, Cash App. Also, too, purchase the books that Baba Baruti is a prolific writer at akabinhouse.com. Akabinhouse.com. Activities coming up for the Barutis. Uh, we got Saturday, next Saturday, November 5th. This Saturday, right? Not next Saturday. This Saturday, November 5th, uh, sharing our sisterhood stories. And it's going to be from 4 to 6 next Saturday. And it's $10 for adults and $5 for teens. Okay. And of course, um, the usual way applies because they're online. So make a donation. Take money out to Cash App or PayPal. Include uh, your name, 
and of course uh, the program so you can receive the uh, link and the other program that day from noon to three Warriors Words a presentation and facilitation of quotes and proverbs suitable for the minds of our warriors from the Inye Sesem of daily revolutionary thought that's right Papa Baruti will be presenting from that and of course the same thing applies include your name warrior words your word and the email address where you want to send the link to that's this Saturday upcoming warrior words Papa Baruti's mail gathering and sharing our sisterhood stories with Mama Yenya. Kibuka, the 19th of this month, of, well, next month. <laughs> the 19th, the 17th annual Kibuka. Kibuka is remembering the middle passage through the eyes of our ancestors. Remembering the middle passage through the eyes of our ancestors. November 19th from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern at the Sweet Spot, 675 Metropolitan Parkway. The Sweet Spot. $20 for family, $15 for couples, $10 for adults, and 5 for young folks. You want more information, contact the Baroudis at 404 753 7237. That's 404 753 7237. Kibuka. The Inye Sesim of daily revolutionary thought. That's what's going to be happening. Oh, there's another save the date. That's uh, December 10th. Um, celebrating our warrior mothers. Celebrating our warrior mothers. African warrior. African Warrior Women's Day, December 10th. So, I love the Broodies, man. Beautiful people. They are just, you know. So. The Inyesasim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. Okay. October 30th. I let my game do the talking, Maurice Ashley. Debate is what you do when you feel safe, when you feel you have time to waste talking instead of acting on what you know. For many of us, debate is a form of reaction. Debate is how Europeans capture many of our intellectuals and keep many of us just spinning our wheels as they continue with their imperialistic march against us. The, <clears throat> these intellects, these intellectuals have confused themselves into believing that it is possible for them to change Urugu's nature. They forget that relative to us, the European single goal is to pull us into and under so they will no longer have to spend precious energy suppressing us from outside. This point extends beyond the verbal realm to those intellectuals who write or record as much or more than they orally debate. 
African-centered scholars who write about what is happening to their people without doing anything concrete to move them forward the African way are simply chronicling their people's demise. Those who esoterically talk about the deteriorating conditions of their people to an audience either separated from or not of their people aid in the destruction of their community by keeping the mind severed from the body. Their insecurity as a self-made intellectual leadership is reflected in their conscious, willful efforts to suppress any rise of any act of community consciousness nurtured by a new vanguard of warrior scholars who see knowledge of self as a possession for all of all Africans, not just a talented but self-centered tenth or few. To paraphrase, not a Hannibal Afrique. Baba, Baba Hannibal, man. To paraphrase, not a Hannibal Afrique. We don't want to hear your arguments. We want to see your work. Mache. I eliminate conflicting priorities. I eliminate conflicting priorities. Mache. October 31st. The more invasion is accentuated and those invaded are alienated from the spirit of their own culture and from themselves, the more the latter want to be like the invaders, to walk like them, dress like them, talk like them. Pablo Frié. Intellectualizers are those who talk with the well-read skills of an academician, but who do so only for self-grandizement and argumentation. Intellectualizers act as if the words are not guided by politics of those who pay play them, especially when their words serve as entertainment for those benefactors. One of their most important defining characteristics is that they do not act on what they argue or they believe that their ramblings or their debates they engage in actually are liberation battles. Negro intellectualizers have well studied and internalized Eurasian. They have mastered the Eurasian Eurocentric interpretations of reality. They have spent an enormous amount of time and energy trying to convince people of Eurasian correctness using as many theories, assumptions, and convoluted logic as possible. It is neither a thinking or political presentation because their words are not designed to transform our people into more critical thinkers. If this were to happen, intellectualizers would no longer have a place. Therefore, their words are meant only to impress others with the wealth of their European intellect. The politics of their words follow the, the dictates of the powers that be even when they appear to be fighting them because their survival is dependent on the arms of their powers arms arms <laughs> affirm I am no intellectualizer affirm I am no intellectualizer brothers and sisters this Saturday the Inye Sesim of daily revolutionary thought be interesting to see which which ones that they talk about. Because 
there's uh, two years of sayings each day, outstanding, in in, in Baba Brewery's narratives, not just the quotes which are beautiful, but the narratives, on point. <sighs> yeah. Where am I at? What do I have coming up? Well, no, that's that's for later for Haiti. Um. Oh, yeah. Here's one thing I'm going to do. Well, I'm going to do a thing on Haiti family at after the break. But what I wanted to talk about. Um, what I wanted to talk about. The few things I saw on the AOL um, news feed. One is uh, stop the steal, and then talk about the Brazilian. I didn't know that Bolsonaro lost. I am so happy. I am so surprised. You know, of course, just like uh, Donald Trump, he's too claiming um, election fraud. But here's one thing that's even deeper: the stop the steal leader. Ali Alexander calls for a military coup in, in Brazil to intervene in its presidential election after Janeiro. Bolsonaro is defeated. Man, Bolsonaro, brother, was and he came right after Trump. Stop the still organizer, Ali Alexander returns to a conference room for a to position meeting on the Capitol Hill with the House Select Committee investigating the attack on December uh, Okay, on the attack of January 6th. Far-right activist Ali Alexander is pushing election conspiracy theories in Brazil. He called on the Brazilian military to start a coup and deny the elections de- and to deny the election defeat of Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro, a Trump ally and a, and a decisive right-wing leader, has parodied uh, mega election denial rhetoric. So this cat is just you know, he's saying in Brazil, the military has the right to insert itself into an election where there is a suspect where there is suspected fraud, and we must have an audit right now. Bolsonaro, a, a divisive leader who has been president since the, uh, January of 2019, lost his position by a narrow margin to um, Luis Lula de, de la Silva. He was president before. And of course, he got into some issues, but apparently they allowed him to run again because he had issues of corruption. Before the race concluded, concerns were already growing that Bolsonaro would lean into baseless election fraud claims if if he were to lose, just as Trump did and his supporters have done in the U.S. Bolsonaro had earlier told reporters that the Brazilian electoral process was unbalanced against him, while his son, Bolsonaro, Flavio Bolsonaro, called the defeat of his father a victim of the greatest election fraud ever seen. Sound like Trump. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Shut up, man. Man. Alexander's claim on Truth Social go one step further with the conspiracy theorists attempting to basically mix uh, President Biden into his narrative. He posted a screenshot of a foreign policy article which summarized a comprehensive dip- diplomatic effort by the U.S. leaders to pressure Brazilian authorities into 
upholding Brazil's democracy and election results. Alexander misleadingly used this screenshot to support his baseless claim that the Biden administration rigged Brazil's election. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Biden, Biden administration rigged the Brazil election. Well, hey, you know what? In this world of corruption, in this world of evil, I don't put anything. I don't. I don't claim uh, or, or differentiate between Democrats and Republicans, liberals and and, and conservatives. I don't. There are Africans, and everybody outside of Africans. The only ones we can trust because every, we have no friends. We have no friends. The only ones that we can trust are us who are in their right mind. Those of us who are not in their right mind, they are not to be trusted. There are many agent provocateurs, snitches. So. <laughs> Words that Bolsonaro may instigate a coup to submit his power in Brazil stretched back into the last September the 21st when a group of local leftist leaders published an open letter warning of their suspicions that he was planning to transition a political rally into a hostile takeover modeled after the Capitol riot. Alexander was banned from Twitter, Venmo, and PayPal in 2021. Twitter said it banned him over tweets that glorified violence while PayPal, which owns Venmo, said he was banned for violating his policies. <laughs> yeah. I tell you. <laughs> There's another one here. Uh, you know, I don't want to go through Luis um, too much. Uh, he defeated Bolsonaro to become the president. He says he's an old dude. And he won the presidency before, and and he, you know he he got dealing he dealt with some corruption, and but you know just keep an eye on um, Brazil. They said he won he won it by fifty percent. That is what you had to win it by. It's the same with the election here in Georgia. If Raphael Warnock or Herschel Walker does not get fifty percent or more, then there'll be another runoff vote. Exactly. But uh, hey, I, I, once again, I would not be surprised. I ain't surprised at nothing. At nothing. If Herschel Walker won, could he? How could he? How should he? You know, I understand that. But it's possible. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I would not be surprised if Herschel Walker won that election. You know? Yeah, Bowles is not wrong. Against the silver, and so um, I think that was about it. Was there something else I wanted to talk about? Uh, you know, yeah, because all them cats said, "If I don't win the election, you know." Ah, oh, yes, see that came upon it. I wanted to talk about the brothers who were exonerated. Two brothers were exonerated in the killing of Malik Shabazz. They were received $36 million from New York. $36 million. 
Let me see here. Oh, you got a little something here. Ron Johnson talked to cast members about why this show is important. The Life and Times of Malcolm X opens November 4th at the Orpheum. For our preview, 3 News Now reporter Ron Johnson talked to cast members about why this show is important. The rehearsals are finishing up for Opera Omaha's first production at the Orpheum Theater this season. X, The Life and Times of Malcolm X, showcases the story of the civil rights leader and activist. This piece has not been done in 36 years, and I'm just very excited to bring it here to Omaha, which is the birthplace of Malcolm X. Adam Richardson portrays Malcolm in the production that tells the story not just through singing, but through dance and music as well. He says he hopes audiences walk away with a better understanding of what shaped Malcolm X. So many people, myself included, have been taught, I think, a very skewed version of Malcolm. And I think I want to bring as much of the humanity to this man who I think was misunderstood. So does the executive director of the Malcolm X Foundation, who says many people in Omaha aren't aware Malcolm X was born here. She's hopeful this production and other recent news surrounding Malcolm X can start more conversations. Well, a good thing about the arts is that it provides a common ground for people to talk about things. And so I'm hoping that this opera, the Hall of Fame news, the programming that we're doing in collaboration with Opera Omaha around this production can spark conversations at the dinner table. What do I do? In Omaha, Ron Johnson, 3 News Now. The November 4th show starts at the show is a matinee. Yeah, okay. Malcolm X Foundation. In fact, um, when I first went to Omaha as a firefighter, a member of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, North Central Regional, had a meeting there. I have a good friend that lives there. He helped me find the um, area where Malcolm X was born. And there was a marker, but you had to wade through all kinds of, you know, foliage and debris and so forth. And then that second time I did it, it was raining out. But I took about 10 or 15 brothers with me, and we poured libation at his site, you know. And then some years later, because uh, the reason how I can remember where the site was, uh, there there is a, Je- a Jehovah Witness, Jehovah Witness in Kingdom Hall, uh, in, near the site, right near the site where he was born. And now they made that into the Malcolm X Center. That's the Malcolm X Center. They got the money for that. They cleared it all out. It's just nice, man. It really is. But you can sit down and chill and look at and read some things and so forth. And of course, the Malcolm X Center. I did a presentation at the Malcolm X Center. Had the opportunity to do that. That that turned out well. And had a you know I had a little crowd there. That was cool. I'd like to do it again, especially because of the additional information that I have. That would be very interesting. So I'm I may try to schedule something like that up so I can get to Omaha. I always like to get to Omaha, anyways. It's always cool. Get to Omaha. I was there for a service. My my uh, best friend, his mom passed. And so I went to the service. But 
Yeah. The brothers won the lawsuit. The city of New York is settling lawsuits filed on behalf of two men who were exonerated last year for the 1965 murder of Malik Shabazz. So when you see, I see Malcolm X, I'm going to say the word Malik Shabazz agreeing to pay $26 million for the wrongful convictions, which led to both men spending decades behind bar. The state of New York will pay an additional $10 million. David Shannies, an attorney representing the men, confirmed the settlements on Sunday. Muhammad Aziz, Khalid Islam, and their families suffered because of these unjust convictions for more than 50 years, said Shanti. And in an email, the city recognized the grave injustices done here. And I'm committed and sincere within sincerity and speed with which the Comptroller's Office and the, con- and the Corporation Council moved to resolve the lawsuit. Shanties <clears throat> said the settlement sent a message that police and prosecutorial misconduct caused tremendous damage and must be remain vigilant to identify and correct injustices. Last year, the Manhattan judge dismissed the convictions of Aziz, who is now 84, and Islam, who died in 2009. There's a great, there's a documentary, Who Killed Malcolm X, still playing on Netflix. Go to Netflix. This brother did a very good job of putting that documentary together, Who Killed Malcolm X, and, and, and the Newark, New Jersey mosque. They knew there was a cat in the Newark, New Jersey mosque is the one who had the shotgun who came to the podium, to the rostrum and killed Malcolm X, put the gun under his coat. He had a trench coat on and he walked out. You see where they're arresting somebody, the New York police arresting somebody. He walks past them. Yeah. After prosecutors said new evidence of witnesses' intimidation and suppression of exploratoria evidence, exculpatory evidence had undermined the case against the men, then District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr. apologized for law enforcement's serious unacceptable violations of law and the public trust. The New York City Law Department, through a spokesperson, said Sunday, it stands by Vance's opinion that the men were wrongly, wrongfully convicted and the financial agreement brings some measure of justice to individuals who spent decades in prison and bore the stigma of being falsely accused of murder of an iconic figure. Shanti said over the next few weeks, the settlement documents will be signed and the New York City court handles probate matters will have to approve the settlements for Islam's estate. The total 36 for Aziz and, and Islam, the total 36 means will be divided equally between Aziz and the estate of Islam. Islam and Aziz who maintain their innocence. The New York City court handle. They maintain their innocence from the start in the 1965 killing of Upper Manhattan's ball, Audubon Ballroom were paroled in the 1980s. Malcolm El, Malik El Shabazz gained national prominence as the voice of the Nation of Islam, exhorting African people to claim their 
human rights by any means necessary. Human rights. His autobiography written with Alex Haley remains a classic work of modern American literature. Near the end of Malik Shabazz's life, he split with the Nation of Islam and after a trip to Mecca, what? No, that's, that's, this is not right. After a trip to Mecca, started speaking about the potential for racial unity. No, he didn't. It earned him the ire of some of the nations of Islam who saw him as a traitor. He wasn't a traitor because he spoke of racial unity. He was a traitor to them because he exposed Elijah Muhammad for having fathered the number of young, uh, fathered children with a number of young, young women in the mosque. And he wasn't, he never was somebody who, you know, he was a Pan-Africanist family. He believed in African unity. Family. He was shot to death while beginning a speech on February 21st, 1965. He was 39 years old. Aziz and Alam, then known as Norman 3X Butler and Thomas 15X Johnson and a third man were convicted of the murder in 1966. They were sentenced to life in prison. The third man, Majid Abdul Elim, also known as Talmadge Hayer and Thomas Hagen, admitted to shooting uh, Malik Shabazz, but said that neither Aziz nor Islam were involved. The two offered alibis and no physical evidence linked to them to the crime. The case hinged on eyewitnesses, although there were inconsistencies in their testimony. Attorneys for Aziz and Islam said in complaints that both Aziz and Islam were at their homes in the Bronx when Malik Shabazz was killed. They said Aziz spent 20 years in prison and more than 55 years living with the hardship and indignity attended to being unjustly branded as a convicted murderer of one of the most important human rights leaders in history. Islam spent 22 years in prison and died, still hoping to clear his name. Yeah, still hoping. Let me get uh, Brother Jay in here. Three, three, four, seven, three, four, seven. Good morning. Hey, what's happening, Oshi? How was your weekend, man? It was good, man. It, it really was. It was a good weekend. Yes, it was. Well, you know, first thing first, listen, if you're going to want to see a puppet in the United States Senate, then all you're going to have to do is look at old Herschel if he wins. <laughs> because the man has no ability to be a senator. He brings nothing to the table other than being a puppet. Right. And the reality right. is he's going to be a prime example of how the white man uses a nigger. That's yeah. it. Plain and simple, and I agree. It's nothing more. Yeah. It's nothing more that could be said because he he has no policy chops. He has no intellect. He brings nothing to the to the table. He brings nothing, and I'll never forget how a Negro said, "Give him a chance." Yeah, well, give him a chance. <laughs> but number two, in regards to this settlement, think about this. They knew from the beginning that those two brothers wasn't right. involved in the killing of Malcolm. Right. They knew, but they had to put forward 
a scapegoat mm-hmm. to who really was behind. And in all essence, nobody really knows who was behind it. Right. But I must say the good thing is now those two brothers for their pain and suffering will be able to leave something hopefully to their family. No doubt. There's you no know doubt. what I mean? Yeah. So that's a, that's a good thing because we we don't understand that the family suffers just like they suffer. So just to imagine if someone knows that you are supposedly the child of who killed Malcolm X, the type of things that one would have to deal with in that environment and that situation. So, you know, it's good that one of the brothers is still alive and it seems like he's in pretty decent health. Well, so from that documentary, enjoy right, from that documentary, uh, who, who killed Malcolm X, uh, he is. It looks that way. Now documentary is about two, two years old. So yeah, so it looks yeah, like yeah. he may be able to enjoy to it. go to Mecca or or, yeah. or, or or something like that that he may want to do or mm-hmm. be able to do something. But the good thing is that he be able to leave something to the family. Right. But you know, the one thing that I always have issues with when it comes to these settlements, man, to be honest with you is, that these lawyers get a third of it. I always feel <laughs> that the state should pay the lawyer fees also. Yeah. And, you know, separate from what they give to the participants of this brutalization and crime. But, you know, that's how that's, that's how, how business is. go. That's right. but, 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 you know, the thing is, Oshi, and we must realize this, just like you said, Two or three minutes ago, propaganda is real, man. You know, like, you know, when people talk about Malcolm X, man, they try to make it seem like he was some sort of hypocrite and he was some sort of this and that. Malcolm was an extremely moral man at that time. Yes, he was. I mean, so for him to be by Elijah Muhammad, but what nobody really talks about in that equation is the memberships to me, disloyalty it was to Malcolm because, because, because they didn't want to see him ascend to taking Elijah Muhammad's Right, place. so there was a lot of envy and jealousy, but you're right about yes. that because, you know, he was an upstanding man. He turned his life around, and then he seen the contradiction in what happened there. And so, you know, he called it out. He was a man of principle. He could not be bought. You know, those, that, 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 that one piece. A lot of those guys were jealous of him. Yes. A lot of oh, the they hated of him. the other nation were definitely jealous of him. I mean, if you talk to some of the old heads, some check this out. Check this out. Now, yeah, they will admit to it. But it, back in the day, you know, they had that guest follow script. But I mean, I've talked to people that were in the nation at that at that time. You know what I mean? And they was like, you know, it was twenty, thirty years later. But they were like, yeah, you know, that, that there was a lot of brothers in the hierarchy that didn't want to see. 
Malcolm. Because they did not want to see Chuck and Jay. They didn't want to see him as sin. They didn't want to see him as sin because he was that moral compass. He would expose yeah. them because there was a, there was corruption in the Philadelphia oh, mosque. There was corruption in New York mosque. So the fact that these things were happening, he would expose them, expose those individuals of who and what they were. They did not want to see that happen. And so, uh, and don't and don't make it seem as though during that period of time that the nation ain't had some thugs in it, bro. Yeah. Believe me, you hear stories that I heard from elders yeah. who would tell you, man, some of the things that the nation had going on. I mean, there was a famous book written about the Moss in Philadelphia um, yeah. about what they, what they had going on and there what they real, was into. Real gangsters. That, man. So, yeah. you know, the bottom line is real gangsters. Ozzy Davis said that Malcolm was our shining prince. Yes, Malcolm was our shining prince. Yes. And we have to be honest that the man was a prime example of who and what we need to be and an example of what manhood should be mm-hmm. in regards to us moving forward. And what And what's so tragic, really, to be honest about it is, that Malcolm's been gone for over 57 years and that we still have to revert back to him for relevancy to what's going on today. That shows you that we as a people aren't moving forward and developing on a level that we should be to have to go back and use examples to yeah. what Malcolm spoke about, and then on top of that, they still hold firm to this day. So where has the development of our leadership been to put forward well, new thought merchants, to bring forward new ideas and things of that nature to move us forward? That's yeah. something we never deal with. Yeah, we, 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 we need to deal with it. We never have to go back in the present today and pick ideologies from King, Malcolm, Garvey, and others. We're supposed to have expanded on those ideologies and took it into a level to where right. as now we're governing ourselves. Right. They're ready to be implemented. we expounded yeah, on Yeah, they're ready to be implemented. Well, listen, Jay, I'm going to take a break. i come back from the break. You stay with me, brother. I appreciate you. Hotel. Hotel. All right, brother Jay. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Going to take a break. You'll be right back. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasting or live program scheduling. Hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You're listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Yeah. Let's talk about Haiti. It's been in the news. Unfortunately, the brothers and sisters in Haiti have been suffering. Give you a little historical information. I'm going to play this piece that uh, Mama Marimba sent me. You know, and uh, some other pieces, uh, possibly, maybe. One from uh, Democracy Now! And because, uh, you know, we need to talk about Haiti. You know. Now, understand from my perspective, I recognize the problems that are happening to African people in the diaspora. But I'm more inclined to help continental Africa than I would be to help wherever we are, even if 
we're predominant there, like in Haiti and the Caribbean, where we're predominant, you know, because those places cannot be ours. Those places still, even though, just like Barbados, talking about you breaking from the queen, but they still uh, are not sovereign. Where we have a chance to be independent, self-determining, liberated, and sovereign in our own land. And the condition that the brothers and sisters face in Haiti and everywhere else in the Caribbean, in Central America, South America, there are more Africans in Brazil than any country except Nigeria. And we suffer tremendously there too. I just talked about Brazil. Bolsonaro wanted to get rid of them. We're going to talk about Haiti and talk about the Dominican Republic and how that happened and what they're doing, how they have consistently, continually, continuously discriminated and, and, and imposed self, you know, all kinds of craziness on the people of Haiti. Let's check this out. deeply concerned with the deterioration of the humanitarian situation within Haiti. Armed gangs blockading roads and restricting the transport of fuel throughout the country. As a result, medical services unable to reach those people most in need, including those affected by the outbreaks of cholera which have exacerbated the misery of the Haitian people. Fuel must be able to reach hospitals and routes into hospitals must be cleared so those affected can reach them. Perpetrators of gang violence must be held to account and, de and denied the capacity to spread further instability and suffering. In this regard, we welcome the sanctions resolution proposed by the US and Mexico as a positive contribution to the security and stability of Haiti. We acknowledge the Haitian government's urgent request for international support in tackling the current security situation. We welcome further council discussion on the authorization of an international security assistance mission as proposed by the Secretary General. They don't want the U.S. involvement. 
They don't want it. And nor do they really need it. What they need, not the involvement that the U.S. wants to give in terms of military involvement that they've done in, in previous times, the sons of a, <laughs> yeah. Let me play this particular piece of why the Dominican Republic hates Haiti. It's a Caucasian young lady. Well, to give you a historical perspective, not very long because that's what I'm going to make sure that you have a historical perspective because, you know, w the, in 1804 when they, when they defeated the French, they took the whole island. Then Spain and the United States came back and took the other half of the island for, for Spain or for the Dominican Republic. But we got to know this history because at this moment in time and how chaotic the situation is in, in Haiti, and the Dominican Republic talking about building a wall. <laughs> Here you go. Haiti and the Dominican Republic are close, but only in the geographical sense. The two countries may exist on the Caribbean island of Hispaniola, but historically they have rarely seen eye to eye. Tensions due to controversial law changes and the recent hanging of a Haitian man in the Dominican Republic have experts worried that the island is on the brink of a humanitarian crisis. So why do Haiti and the Dominican Republic hate each other? Well, to understand the conflict, we have to go back to 1697, when France and Spain divided Hispaniola in two after battling for control. Haiti gained independence from France in 1804 and subsequently took over the Spanish-Dominican side in an effort to free the entire island of slavery. Haiti occupied the Dominican side for 22 years. During that time, the Spanish-speaking Dominicans were restricted to speaking French, and Haitians enforced oppressive rules on labor and the redistribution of Dominican wealth. Although the Dominican Republic eventually gained its independence from Haiti, it's thought that this period of occupation was where their relationship started to sour. Since then, several social and economic factors have contributed to deepening divisions. Today, tensions are largely motivated by racism. Human rights experts observe that Dominicans openly discriminate against Haitians because they perceive them to be more black, despite both cultures having African ancestry. Dominicans argue that they have more European heritage than their Haitian neighbors. This anti-Haitian sentiment has endured since 1937, when dictator Rafael Trujillo led the Dominican Republic. Rafael was obsessed with pale skin, and under his rule, around 10 to 25,000 dark-skinned Haitians living in Dominican border towns were murdered. Economically, the Dominican Republic fares better than Haiti. Experts suggest that this disparity comes down to the way Hispaniola is divided. While the Dominican Republic enjoys plentiful rains, the mountains that border the two nations cut off Haiti's rainfall. The semi-arid climate, coupled with deforestation problems, has meant Haiti's agricultural production is more restricted than the Dominican Republic's. All that being said, when the 2010 earthquake devastated Haiti, the Dominican Republic was quick to jump to its aid, providing food, water, and rescue workers. Sadly, this feeling of goodwill didn't last. So what went wrong? Well, after the earthquake, more Haitians took refuge in the Dominican Republic. However, a recent high court ruling retroactive to 1930 means that refugees can only be granted Dominican citizenship if at least one of their parents is a legal resident. According to reports, more than 200,000 Haitians are now stateless. Following the decision, Haitian-Dominican tensions have escalated into violence, with reports of Dominicans burning the Haitian flag and open calls for the deportation of all Haitian refugees. 
Experts suggest that countries like the United States and other Caribbean nations may have to get involved if the new ruling continues to perpetuate human rights abuses against Haitian refugees. To learn more about tensions between other countries, check out this playlist now, including a look at why China hates Japan. The two nations also have enormous political and cultural differences. They are also both making aggressive gains in military strength and both fighting for greater influence in the region. And if there are other country relationships you'd like us to explore, let us know in the comments below. Thanks for watching. All right. Now you know. And... You know, I've been to the DR. I will never go back. You know, and uh, truly did not like the way, especially uh, since that time when they talk about building. Now they're talking about building a wall along that border, and how they're treated at the border. How they treated um, when they agreed to have a a selling of goods from the Haitian and the uh, Dominican sides. But yet, the Dominicans really control it. You know. But uh, let me deal with this. You know, this is from Atlanta Black Star. How the U.S. kept Haiti poor and its refugees out with selective racist immigration policies. Has the world's first African Republic in this hemisphere. Haiti holds a special place as the first nation in the Western Hemisphere to abolish captivity. Haiti is pronounced Haiti, y'all. You, you know you talk to somebody from Haiti. A I-I-T-I Haiti Haiti secured its freedom from captivity and colonial oppression over two centuries ago and has been paying the price Ever since, among the poorest countries in the world, Haiti is exploited by governments and corporations alike. While refugees fleeing the Caribbean nation and making their way to the U.S. are subject to unfair and racist immigration policies, the U.S. government has made it clear that it does not want Haitian refugees. In the press statement, Homeland Security Secretary Johnson announced that the U.S will resume its removal of Haitians from the country. Removing flights from the U.S. to Haiti have now resumed. In the last several weeks, ICE has removed over... This article, let me state this article, is from uh, when Bush was Bush, when uh, Trump took presidency. This is when Trump took presidency. Um... Removal flights from the U.S. to Haiti now have resumed. In the last several weeks, ICE has removed over 200 Haitian nationalists and plans to significantly expand removal operations in the coming weeks. Noting that Haitians comprise 4,400 of the 41,000 people in detention centers, I have authorized ICE to acquire additional detention space so that those apprehended at the border and not eligible for humanitarian relief can be detained and sent back home as soon as possible. If you remember, what we were talking about is a bunch of Haitians instead of coming uh, during um, coming coming to the Florida 
or even in the Gulf, they they came through Texas. And if you remember, uh, men on horses were beating them, you know, and rounding them up like like animals. We must enforce immigration laws consistent with our priorities. Those who attempt to enter our country illegally must know that consistent with our laws and our values, we must and will send you back. Criminalization of these Haitian refugees. Nayeja Raul, Executive Director of Haitian Women for uh, Haitian Refugees, Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees, told Atlanta Black Star that the U.S. has vacillated between automatically detaining and deporting Haitian refugees on the one hand and temporarily ceasing their removal due to earthquake and hurricanes in recent years on the other. Now, the tide has shifted once again and an increase in Haitian refugees crossing the border in Mexico. The shifting, the shifting has taken place in the past months. Thousands of people have been coming up from the southern border, mostly from Brazil. They were welcomed after the earthquake. Brazil needed the labor for the Olympics, and tens of thousands of Haitians moved there, Raul stated. Um, but now Brazil is experiencing political turmoil and economic crises, which is pushing Haitians out because there are no jobs. There is no work for them. So thousands decided to move north to the U.S. Raul made special note of the fact that Haitians must travel through 10 countries to reach the entire point where Tijuana meets San Diego. Additionally, Haitians, additionally, Haitians, Haitians, Haiti, additionally, Haitians coming into the country are criminalized, uh, who said those who have been placed on humanitarian parole have been detained anywhere from two days to two months before being released and are forced to wear ankle monitors. They're traumatized. It's very humiliating. It's like a cell phone. You have to keep being plugged in, Raul stated. Furthermore, Haitians are often detained in locations across the country where there are no Haitian communities, places like Colorado, Tennessee, Louisiana, and are separated from their families in the process. And because they were in Brazil, very few bothered to seek asylum, which would be difficult argument to make in any case. Haitians, Haitians are subject to U.S. immigration policy that critics cite has an uneven, hypocritical, and downright racist. A stark illustration of this contrast is evident in the U.S. treatment of Cubans when compared to its handling of Haitians. For example, in 2014, Al Jazeera reported that thousands of undocumented Cubans were welcomed into the United States under the wet feet, dry feet policy of 1965 Cuban Adjustment Act, a holdover of the of the Cold War era, Cold War, excuse me, a holdover of the Cold War era. And still today, once Cubans enter the U.S., they are not required to prove their eligibility for asylum, and they do not have to prove their lives are in danger or that they belong to a particular prosecuted group. They are provided with food, work permits, and health care. And they are registered 
able to become permanent residents only after a year. Now remember, because of Cuba, it's different. It's a, it was the communist government, so anyone who wanted to get out of Cuba, if you remember the uh, uh, the young kid, his family, his mother and her boyfriend and some others died in that boat lift trying to come to the U.S. And his father was trying to get his son back. Danny Alante, Alante, I think it was, whatever. Some of you might remember. Trying to get his son back. And of course, uh, this government did not want that to happen, but eventually it did. He was able to come to Miami and get his son and take his son back to Cuba with him. You know? But yeah, you don't, if you're Cuban, no matter what color, because once again, there's stark differences and even in Cuba. You know, the, the, the color of one's skin around this damn world, which is a di- direct result of what Europeans did. But on that, no, no, there's also, too, the Aryans, you know. <laughs> there was a book, in fact, when I was in Milwaukee, me and Muhammad hung out. We talked about that book and the title of that uh, chapter, The Roots of of Aryan white racism and diabolical consciousness. <laughs> the development of this caste system, development of this idea that white is pure and right and all this kind of, and black is sullied and dirty and evil. <laughs> yeah. They are not required to prove their eligibility for asylum. You don't have to prove their lives are in danger. You know, they are provided with food and health care and are registered and they become citizens after a year to Cubans. In 2013, the U.S. took in 26,000, over 26,000 Cuban refugees and asylum seekers, nearly one quarter of of the total number of people uh, admitted to the country that year. A discriminatory immigration policy, but it is one example in a large picture of the U.S. history of racism against Haiti. However, the Haitian people have a long history of being discriminated against by the U.S. Tia also, national organizer with Black Alliance for Just Immigration. Tia also told Alana Black Star, the United States government has a history of hostility towards Haitians, not respecting human Haitian sovereignty and not respecting the humanity of the Haitian people. That's what's happening right now while we're talking about this because they're about to put a move on Haiti. Further, Raul noted that the aftermath of the devastating 2010 earthquake, uh, neither the UN nor the US allocated funds for the release effort. If it wasn't a black nation, the survivors would have been classified as refugees, she said. Raul added that the social unrest following the delay election in Haiti was part of an ongoing instability exacerbated by the U.S. Yet, the U.S. rejects the claims of Haitian nationals seeking refuge in the United States. Also, also pointed out the significant social stigma that the deportees experienced when they returned to Haiti, a nation that that is in no position to reintegrate them into society. Has the North American Congress on Latin America, a nonprofit organization that reports on Latin American and Caribbean, stated 
Deportees are stigmatized because they are usually identified by their American accents and behavior, as well as their lack of local history and personal context in Haiti. Furthermore, most people assume deportees are criminals. Typically, Haitians are denied asylum in the U.S. because they are regarded as economic refugees as opposed to political ones. It is ridiculous to screen for economic or political refugees. If, if you are political, you can stay. But if you are economic, you are deported. But they are relaxed. But they are related, excuse me, but they are related, said Raul, of Haitian women for human refugees. When we hear Haiti, it is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. We ask ourselves, why? Why is Haiti the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere? Eliola Professor Bill Quigley wrote in the Huffington Post, when Haiti gained its independence in France in 1804, France and the U.S. imposed a crippling economic embargo on the nation until 1863, almost 60 years. Further, the U.S., which had millions of African people in bondage, refused to recognize Haiti for 60 years, fearing that the world's first revolution of enslaved Africans would encourage insurrection in America. Moreover, France forced Haiti to pay 150 million francs in reparations for freeing all of those people, all of those freed Africans at a current value of, at a current value of over 20 million, 20 billion dollars. Haiti paid the loan in 1947 after it was forced into borrowing money from the U.S. In addition, the U.S. occupied Haiti through a brutal military rule between 1950 and 1934, killing thousands and siphoning off billions of dollars, Quigley noted. Further, between 1957 and 1986, Haiti suffered under U.S.-backed dictators Papa Doc and Baby Doc Duvalier. Raoul told Atlanta, Star, Atlanta Black Star that while the Red Cross and other entities have exploited Haiti for financial gain over the years, the role that Clinton the Clinton Foundation played in destabilizing Haiti is particularly egregious. Clinton put Haitian farmers out of business. She explained by subsidizing U.S. farmers with tax dollars to dump American rice and sugar into Haiti, according to a foreign policy. Arkansas produces half of the rice in the U.S. Rice is a staple in Haiti. Raul noted, and 30 years earlier, there were no need to import rice into the country. They had their own. Bill Fletcher, former president of the Trans-African Forum and senior scholar with the Institute for Public Policy, believes America has a moral obligation to help Haiti. You know how they say in the store, if you break it, you own it. When the United States broke the backs of so many countries, it does not have the moral standing to dismiss immigration and immigrants that come from those countries seeking better lives, Fletcher stated. And Haiti is at the top of the list of countries that the U.S. has gone out of its way to destroy. When you look at the blockade after Lincoln, the U.S. occupation of Haiti from 1950 to 1934. If you want to look at various corrupt regimes that the U.S. has supported, it is hard for the U.S. to say, we don't want you here, and that is the discussion we should have. Fletcher believes the U.S. has an obligation to repair the damage to Haiti 
and provide special dispensation to the nation. Repairing the economic jobs, preparing the economy, jobs, stabilizing the infrastructure. There are many things the United States can do without immigration, much like other World War II. That's my opinion, and that's not very, that's not very popular. The U.S. does not believe in history. It believes in myth. <laughs> they don't want to. Yeah. They don't want to take responsibility, but they are quite all right with ripping off the world. While the response, <clears throat> while the response from the U.S. government under Obama has been more deportations, African immigration advocates believe a Trump administration will have particularly dire consequences for Haitians and other African people. Under the Bush administration, the increasing deportation of Homeland Security, consolidating immigration border patrol and ICE under the department. This created the nation's largest police force. And this is this what beefed up under the Obama administration, said uh, Oso. The framework and apparatus is really there for massive deportations of immigrants community. And Trump says he'll take that even further by profiling people and using that as a grounds for deportation. Also said that we are witnessing the integration of racial injustice and immigration rights. When you think about African immigration, there's always a profiling of African people and it bears out in the numbers. Adding that according to the report, the, the state of black immigrants, the state of African immigrants, African immigrants are five times more likely to be detained than other immigrants. Since the election, we've seen a lot of anxiety and fear in the community because these are communities Donald Trump had targeted in this campaign. 40% of, of Muslims are African, including Somalian immigrants living in Minnesota that Trump has targeted and vilified. People say they want to secure the border. The borders are secure. Also, I've added nothing that the larger issue is that Haitian refugees coming across Mexican border are displayed, are displaced population due to Caucasian, European, Caucasian extremism, racism, privilege, white supremacy. Policies throughout Latin America, for example, the president of Brazil, Bolsonaro, ousted by a white nationalist propaganda movement, a phenomenon that's taking place in other such countries as, as uh, Venezuela, <coughs> Venezuela, Colombia, you know, and possibly France, and of course Italy. We're talking about right wing, the actionary. Fleeing political destabilization caused by the poor decisions making of the wealthy elites. Haitian refugees are now seeking asylum in the U.S. And while they were first treated with humanitarian policies, now they face enforcement, which according to also is no deterrent. We cannot enforce our way out of this problem. Yeah, it's a big problem. Yeah, the Haitian refugees. Uh, let me go here. 404, 404, good afternoon. Hey, Yehuru, my brother. Yehuru, brother. Brother Research West, how you doing, man? Hey, man, that's a good lesson, bro. I'm still learning, man. But, uh, hey, hey, I always try to. Like, I, 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 I always try yeah, to do something. You like good, man. Yeah, I always try to do something to put information. That's because there's a lot yeah. happening. And we need to know what's happening yes, all around us, Yes, brother. sir. Mm-hmm. 
I, I grew up down there in South Florida, so I know a, 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 a lot about the Haitians, man. Okay. They're good people, man. Mm-hmm. I get along with my Haitians better than Jamaicans, man. Okay. Because them Jamaicans are always for the damn queen and all that, that London shit. But them Haitians real, man. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because, I, I, hey, I, I go back to the information I got. That last uh, president, they bumped him off and killed him because he said he wasn't with that dog on poison shot, man. Yeah, yeah, He Moise. wasn't going to to the Haitians. Yeah, Moise. And, and, and. What is that? Yes, hey, they, yeah. hey, 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 Wes. They killed about, yes, I think they killed about five leaders, five or six leaders of African mm-hmm. countries in, in, in the Caribbean because they would not administer the jab to their people. Yes. Right on. You're yes. right, so let man. you know, let you know, you know, what is that about? I mean, you know, if they don't want to take it, they don't want to take it. But no, they killed them because they want to administer yep. it. This, you know, this, this jab may be more than just I'm trying to prevent you from getting, uh, you know, COVID-19. No, I'm trying to prevent you from living. I'm trying to prevent mm-hmm. you from expanding, from growing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, then I was down there when uh when they jacked up Aaron Steed, man, because he was yeah. with the people. The people voted Aaron Steed in, man. Yeah. And and and, and see, uh, uh, one more thing about Haiti, uh, they got a mineral called Iridium, man. You yeah. ever heard that Iridium? Before? Yeah, I have. That's and, good, man. Yeah. In fact, it's probably the only place it's found. I mean, Haiti, right now, if it could get under control, has the opportunity to once again experience wealth and stability. But mm-hmm. it needs, it, it, it doesn't need anybody to go up in there uh, except for the people themselves. That's why, that? that's why the piece I played for, for you that Mama Marimba Ani sent me you know, although it's, mm-hmm. you know, you you heard it, they were talking French and so forth. They were saying, we don't want the United States in here. We don't need you here. No, they there's mm-hmm. no doubt they also know that they need help, you know, but they don't want military. That's what the deal is. They don't want the military forces in here. They know what that's about. Mm-hmm. They, have a, they have a history on what that's about, you know. Yes, Yes, sir. And it's a doggone shame right between yeah. the Dominican Republic and Haiti. How they let them devils split them up? One yeah. side speaking Spanish and one side speaking French, man. Well, these a, demons they play that game. Play yeah. them against each other, man. Well, that's that's what happened. You know, the island Hispaniola was first mm-hmm. uh, uh, Spanish because Columbus was there mm-hmm. and he was commissioned by the by the Spanish, and of course they yep. entered into it. I mean, a lot of these people talk about genocide. This was a genocide of the Taino people. This was, you know, the yeah. European Jews did not experience a genocide. They might have experienced mass Ooh. murder. They didn't experience no damn genocide. A genocide yes, is the removal of the people so morally corrupt that is not just against those people, but against all humanity. Okay. And, and so therefore, not, no. But the Taino people, they did. They eliminated them. They erased them and brought in Africans. The Spanish did it, and the French did it. And so when they couldn't agree on stuff, they split the island. The the, the eastern portion of the island uh, is is, uh, uh, Spanish. The uh, western portion of the island is French. And in 1804, after uh, the Haitians kicked ass, they liberated the Spanish part. But, of course, there were issues there, problems there, communication and so forth. And then the United States 
Spain and, and, and England, France, they came in and then they imposed all of those things, those embargoes, they imposed all of those they had they had Haiti yeah, I, they had I, Haiti paying reparations. I not to cut you off, but yeah. I heard you say you you went to the DR. You won't go back no more. What, yeah. what, what, what was your uh, way out, man? Well, I, I I don't like the way they had treated Haitian people, you know. Then and also too, the the people are color struck. You know, the, yep. the DR, the, the people are color struck, just like the leader Trujillo. Trujillo was the first one. He had an aversion against aversion against African people, dark skinned people. And he killed thousands of them, you know. And he was—he's hailed as a yes, hero I'm. because it was their independence of of, of uh, Dominican Republic. And so, very people in the Dominican Republic look at the light skin, light—you know—off. If you don't know baseball, well, check this out: yeah. in the World Series, which resumes tonight between Houston mm-hmm. and uh, um, Philadelphia, there are no. American African born players. They're all from somewhere else, Venezuela, particularly Dominican yep. Republic. Particularly Dominican Republic. There have been so many players from the Dominican Republic, but all of them had Caucasian wives. They dark as hell. Right. They look like if they don't mm-hmm. open their mouth, you would swear they just any brother off the streets. But when they start speaking Spanish, more than likely, you'd be like, yeah, okay. Yep. You know, all of them have Caucasian wives. In fact, mothers are so color struck. Tell their sons, don't bring up nobody up in here. Dark as me. That's sad. Pathetic. Yeah, it is, brother. That's sad. You know, but that's hate. Yep, that's, 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 that's the Dominican Republic. So like I said, no, I would I would not go to the Dominican Republic again. I, I, I You know, I went there with a good brother from back in Milwaukee. And uh, we there for mm-hmm. a few days, you know, and I observed a number of things and was nothing that was not surprising, you know, so that I already kind of knew. Because when I go somewhere, I want to know where I'm going, you know, so you do some yes, in, do little investigations. Man. So, but yeah, so that's, so that's what's happening. And now in, in, in Haiti, there's, just serious chaos. They have all these so-called gangs in their territorial. I mean, you know, it is just a, a very sad situation that's going on in Haiti right now. But the, but the Haitians say, no, I don't want your military, but I do need some aid. I do need some, you know, some, some resources and so forth. And just like you said, they have that, that mineral. And, and, and if they could, you know, get things under control, you know, and be able to, take control of that mineral to, to to other countries that need it and were willing to pay literally millions and hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars for Haiti can be up out of this madness. They can be and, and of course you know I always reserve a deep seated hatred for the Clintons especially because of what they did yeah. in Haiti. I hate the damn Clintons. The Clinton Foundation. And Bush was over there too man. Yeah. Bush was there too. Yeah. <clears throat> You know, well, the, well, the Clintons, uh, well, the Clintons, because their foundation was supposed to have built homes, yeah, and yeah. they built shit, and just took the That's money. Right. So That's there right. you go. All they right, only, brother West. They, they, they only, hold on, they only built uh, uh, like six houses, man. And you're <laughs> right, brother. And, 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 and speaking of the World Series, man, are you right how they just flip baseball 
because that because of Kurt Flood, then uh, uh, I wanted more money to be traded, so they just uh, uh, blocked off all the all the uh, regular uh, uh, blacks. But I don't think about the World Series. I'm hoping my man Dusty go ahead and win. Me too, man. brother. Me I, too, Wes, that he wins the World Series. I don't like yeah, Houston, yeah. but I hope he wins the World Series right. because I like Dusty. But check this out, yes, though. Sir, when, 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 when Kurt Flood did that, just like when Oscar Robinson mm-hmm. did what he did, that made it possible for all those brothers coming up after them to get paid. They opened it. That's so, right. So even though they didn't get it, but they made it mm-hmm. possible for all the brothers that would, that would precede them would be able to justly get paid and have the freedom of movement and free agency. You're right. You know? Yes, sir. All and right. then you look at uh, what the dude named Sammy Sosha going to bleach his damn self out, man. Oh, That's man. the damn That's thing, that. man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't he look sick? Thanks a lot, brother. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you sure do, man. All right, brother West. Take care, bro. Yes, sir. To be continued, man. You Love know you, it. Bro. All right, brother. You too, man. Peace. 443 443. Good afternoon. Brother Oshi. Hey, man. Hey, it's. What's up, Irv? What's going What's on? What's up, Irv? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, my brother. I'm listening to the conversation. I have, I, I love Brother Jay and Brother Research West, but I have a different perspective on on baseball. Okay. I hope the brother wins also. But I also think that the whole Branch Ricky experiment where he's going to put a black man into white folks' baseball and he's going to destroy the black league so that we can be playing baseball with the white folks. Whereas in the black leagues, we owned our team. We owned where we played. We played in all black stadiums, and we got our money. But we want to play with the white folks because of the integrationist mindset. And, and because of that, now we're $6 million employees. Oh, yeah, they got their money, but you're not going to own no team. You may own a team, but you ain't going to take over this because this is the old boys network. Okay. And as long as we have that integrationist mindset, that we're going to make these white folks love us no matter what we do. We ain't going to leave. We ain't going nowhere. This is our country because I'm an American. No, you're not. You're African. <laughs> Whether you want to be or not, you're African. So you, you get with it, brother, and because we're, we're sitting here taking people with mental illnesses and we're making them into leaders. Uh, they, they t- uh, someone said that, that uh, Kanye West was a genius. I said, well, well why is he a genius? I said, M. Hotep was a genius. He built pyramids. What did Kanye West build? He did a dance. He sung a song. Okay. <laughs> and so there's a lot yeah, of people. That doesn't yeah. make you a genius. Come on now. <laughs> and, and, and you're absolutely correct. There are, he's a mental illness just like I think I, this is my personal opinion, believe that homosexuality is a, is a mental illness. It used to be until they changed it. But it's an imbalance. We have an in, these white people have an imbalance. They're too far to the left or too far to the right. That's an imbalance. Hey, they have hey, no middle ground. Brother, brother stay with li- me. Brother, listen. <laughs> Baba last Friday said that same thing. He said, these people are out of balance. They don't understand Ma'at. Ma'at is about truth, right. justice, harmony, right. reciprocity, right. balance, order. They have no right. balance. Right. They are totally out of balance. That's why there's such chaos. Within everything right. they do, you know that's why oh there's deep imbalances with people who have and the multitudes who have not. There's an imbalance and there's deep suffering right. because of it. Oh man, you hit the point, brother, right. for the earth. Come on, well, did, when you man. got when you got when you got 
13, 14 people in, in the state of Maryland who have 95% of the wealth. That's an imbalance. I'm not saying that the goats are socialism. I'm not saying that, uh, but I am saying that capitalism is, is dying and it's dying very fast. And the resources are, are, are dwindling. And that's why you see the chaos. That's why you yeah. see the Donald Trumps. That's why you see uh, the, Barack, the Barack Obamas who can't see nothing but Democrat and, and Democrat, Democrat. I can't see, but <laughs> you got to understand that the, 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 um, the Black Panthers was not only a, a, a group for self for self defense; they were a party. Yeah, right? the Black um, Party. Mary, yeah. The lady, the lady, mm-hmm. the, the lady Hammer, Mary Lou Hammer. She was creating a poor people's party. In other words, we were trying to get away from the Democratic and the Republicans to mm-hmm. form a party. Yeah. And white folks said, "No, no, mm-hmm. you can't form a party because with a party comes cohesiveness. With cohesiveness comes power." And, and that is what's happening right now. Mm. Mm. Good point. As long as Kanye West was wearing a shirt that said white lives matter and <laughs> making black people mad, he was fine. But as soon as he said something about that Jew, oh, my goodness, now we're going <laughs> to take your money. Yeah. We're going to make you poor because yeah. poor people don't have no voice. Yeah. See, you got money, people listen to you because money is their God. Once you don't have a God that, that they respect, because you got to remember, you got black people running around here worshiping a Jew. You yeah. know, Jesus Christ is my Lord Savior. Mm-hmm. Was he a Jew? Uh, yeah. Was he white? Yeah. No, he wasn't. He was a Hebrew. Mm-hmm. He was black as you. But you believe that God is white. So Jesus had to be white. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Jesus, he's a Jew. And I hate Jews. Well, you hate Jesus? That's your Savior? <laughs> Come on now, stay with me. And I'm not saying you can't believe what you want. But what I'm saying is... Think yeah. about what you think about what you're doing. Don't take everything. It's on the internet. It got to be true. I used to, I right. used to, when I was younger, if it came on television, it had to be true. The Flintstones mm. were real, man. Yeah. They real. Yeah. But now we have to question everything and, 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 and make your own decision and research. That's why I love Brother Research West. He don't talk out the side of his neck. Yeah. When he says something, it's strategic. Yeah. And, and this radio station, I'm surprised you're still on the air. Because they do, do, do you think they're not listening to you? Oh, I'm now, quite sure. Now, now, yeah, everything's oh, yeah. being oh, monitored. Sure. Everything I'm, is I'm, being monitored. They're looking for this. subversive. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm going after this. Elon Musk has bought Twitter, and he said he's bringing back the N word. So now we can say the N word on Twitter, but I always say it's not what you call. It's what you answer to. That's right, amen bro. and amen just means you agree. That's I right. just, I don't. I don't care what you call me. You yeah. N word don't bother me. Yeah. I don't give a damn how many black people are in baseball. How many black owners in baseball? When are we gonna teach our children to start a business and and let your children reap the benefit? Right. Because that's what it's about. I'm not gonna ever see this ocean. Neither are you. But we gotta we gotta put the seed in the ground because if you plant uh, uh, African seed like they planted us these black people in the, in the United States, you're gonna get out. Mm-hmm. So we're planting African seeds. Black people are still black. I don't care what they say. You're black. You're you're not an American. Come on, that's man. Right. I mean, uh, I'm going to meet you in, in Ghana because that's where we're going. All, all right, right, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Irv. Thanks a lot, man. I'll talk to you soon, Love man. You, man. Love you too, dear brother. Oh, yes, Peace. Sir. Yes, sir. Peace. 347 <laughs> uh, 347. Good afternoon. Hey, yo, Ochi. All I can say is Brother Irv always drops jewels. 
in oh, yeah. regards to the contradiction of the way we see ourselves and how we speak about ourselves. Because I didn't understand how Kanye West was a genius. I mean, what's so special really about what that Negro do? I mean, the bottom line is he was just given an out front allowance by the white man to push his bullshit. Mm -hmm. That's all. I mean, let's call it for what it is. Now, if he's able to take his whiz and build something independently for the white from the white man, then I may consider him somewhat of a genius. Mm -hmm. But if he's just gonna now have control over his product and go right back to the white man for distribution instead of doing what we need to do, create distribution, then he just going back to being a slave. Am I right or wrong? Uh, you're right, brother. You're right. And that's what, you know, Brother Herb was talking about mm -hmm. when Branch Ricky went out there and got us. Jack, Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson and didn't move forward to where it is today. I haven't really watched the World Series or anything like that, but I was under the impression that one of the two teams may not have a black play on it. No, listen, listen, right. But I know they got a Dominican or some other Latin on it. Now, I don't on know both, how true that is. On both teams. But if it's true, that's deep. On both teams, the only American African is Dusty Baker, the manager of the Houston Astros. All the players are either Caribbean, which would be mostly Dominican, Venezuelan, you know. A lot of cats play ball in Venezuela, you know. So no, there there is none. I uh, mean, just think about just think about that right there. Mm -hmm. That 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 should never be able to happen when for a long period of time, let's keep it real, blacks were the best baseball players in the sport. Well, you know, we coming up. We came up and as kids. Be, right, right. And now to basically not even be a part of it, that's deep, brother. Yeah. Well, you know, we came up uh, as, as kids, man. You know, that was the end of the restrictions and, and, and of course, the end of the so-called Negro Leagues, the end of the hotels that provided them, the restaurants, all the other things that went along with uh, providing for the Negro Leagues and we wanted to be in the major league baseball. We wanted to be on the, the Yankees and the Dodgers and so forth. And and some of, many of us were, I mean, I remember a jet, not jet, uh, Ebony magazine once a year would have the pictures of the men who were in uh, major league baseball and the various teams. I remember one time the Pittsburgh Pirates, they had about, about 10 of them, you know, yeah. 10 brothers, they you know, they were the first team to what you call them. You know, you know. Aside from the, they were the first, they were the first team to to start the all black lineup. I think you know, for the Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, and so, every play on the field, yeah, including the pitcher was black. Yeah, that's so, deep right there. And but, to now to look at the way that it is, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, I just, well. 
Well, one of the things is one, one of, to be extremely frustrating. Yeah. yeah, one of the things is because of our athletic abilities, and that's just a fact. It's not. It's genetic. You know, I mean, try to bullshit, but because of our athletic abilities, we dominate in sports. Whatever sport it is that we pay serious attention to or give maximum effort to, we can dominate it. Obviously, look at boxing, look at fo- uh, football, basketball, you know, and even foot, even baseball, because many of the records prior to us now not being in baseball, Hank Aaron, you know, Willie Mays, I can go on, you know, but the reality is there, you know, if this is a, if this is a Caucasian's world, whatever he feels that we're comfortable in, that's where we're going. Because in every area, every area, we could dominate in the field of aeronautics, in the field of, of, of medicine, in the field of whatever, architects, we would dominate. But of course, we yeah, we're not don't compete. They can't white compete. man don't compete well against no, us he don't, on, no. on no level. No. Even Stephen, exactly. they, they never win. That's they, why he they cheats. They give you the illusion that right. they win. Right, that's why he cheats. They don't win. No, they don't. That's why he cheats. That's why he suppresses that. So, brother, man, I got to get ready to go. I appreciate you, Jay. What's up, brother? You have a blessed appreciate day. I see you on Wednesday, man. Appreciate you, Irv. All of you brothers, Research West, Baba, all of y'all. Kwaku, you know how much I love you, my brother. Y'all take care. You have a blessed and wonderful day. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in the hell don't want to pay for. Brothers and sisters, have a blessed and wonderful day. Shimhotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Habibi Fahodie. Habibi means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You have a blessed day. Peace, family. Hope to see you on Wednesday.